Happy New Year to you. Did you do anything fun, cool, exciting, or dangerous? You know, well, not dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in this pandemic, we are. I, I never all know. Dangerous. Yes. Um, you know, we actually stayed home. Nice. All four of my kids at one point were at my home, and so that always, of course, that's is cool. Great for a mom's That is heart. very satisfying. We had the same thing as well. Four kids at home for about a week and a half, almost two weeks, and it's really, really cool to have them all home, especially when they're all older and doing out the there things, doing their things. Right. For them to want to be home together is really fun. Uh, we went to uh, Texas. We actually drove this year, Ooh, uh, which okay. is an adventure. Uh, I have a slideshow. You want to see it? A driving slideshow? Yes. I don't know. Yes, of course you do. So here it is. Uh, I'm going to show you. This is, uh, this is our drive, 23 hours each way. Uh, this is near El Paso, so that's really cool. And then this is near Sierra Blanca, again, West Texas. Then Van Horn, this is by Van Horn, and then uh, Fort Stockton. This is beautiful Sheffield, uh, Texas, right there, just outside of there. And then Sonora, followed by Junction, and then uh, just west of uh, Fredericksburg. So that's my trip. That does look like Texas. That's Very really flat. good. Absolutely. Yes. I have a slideshow at the way back. Would you like to see that as well? Um, no, I think I'll pass. <laughs> pass. So All right. Well, Happy New Year to you. I think uh, officially, legally, the 9th of January is the last time you could say Happy New Year. Okay. So this is it. It stops here. You can't say that tomorrow. It's a violation of, of code. But uh, anyway, Happy New Year, and we're going to be off to a good start here. We're going to talk about not necessarily resolutions, mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about whether we are ready or not to make some decisions, some simple decisions that can have profound impact on our lives. So this will be about a seven, eight-week series. Every single week, we're going to ask ourselves the question, are we ready or not to make some of these decisions? They're not big, you know, high-expectation decisions, but simple decisions to really improve our lives. That's now, good. let's talk about kind of the psychology of whether it's resolutions or commitments. How do, we, how do we make commitments in a way that's healthy? Right. So, I mean, goals are good. Resolutions can be good. However, research has actually shown sometimes setting resolutions at this time of the year can potentially um, impact your, uh, you know, your mental health in a negative way. Okay. So if some of you have set resolutions, don't let me discourage you because they can be good. <laughs> can be good. But... What can happen with resolutions, kind of think about it. We're at the new year, right? So we're like, oh, clean slate. I'm going to change all these things. But typically, we're wanting to change the things that we don't feel good about ourselves. So already, we're like, oh, these are like things I don't feel good about myself. And then oftentimes, people make the mistake of making their goals too stringent or too lofty. Okay. And then what happens a few months in, maybe you kind of feel like I didn't meet that expectations. And okay. now, not only are these things that I at one time felt weren't good in my life, now I'm even a failure because I couldn't sustain that So goal. you're piling on failure to something you already don't feel good about. Right. <laughs> so right. that can be very discouraging over time. So right. as Alex said, you can kind of lower your expectations yeah, and maybe realistic. realistic. So bite-sized chunks. That right. Kind of Smaller changes over time. They have found to be more helpful. And then adding to those as you go, kind of that snowball effect. Yeah. And I think too, you know, um, I love that song they were singing about Jaira being enough, right? because we do, we live in a culture where we are gonna be told daily, weekly, minute to minute that we're not enough, right. that we should be improving. And it's usually people that wanna sell us stuff, right? right. Should always be improving. <laughs> right. Again, not wrong to wanna improve, but am I hinging my self-worth on that? Because our God says, you're enough right now. You're made in my image. So yeah. 
if we can balance that concept of like, I'm already enough in God's eyes, Mm -hmm. but maybe there's some things that I want to make some changes with, but I got to do it realistically. So that's kind of the core message of Jesus. It's the core message of Rancho Church that, that God is a heavenly father and he loves us just as we are. He embraces us just as we are. Um, a, a lot of people have a relationship with God where he's holy, I'm not, I have to do better. And that's the entire relationship with God. That's not good news, that's bad news. The good news is that God loves you just as you are. Every failure that, that we have and that we know about, he's forgiven, uh, he embraces us. And so that's the foundation of grace that says, you know what, I'm okay with God. I'm even okay as I am. Now, I, but I do wanna improve some things and we're improving in freedom, right? The freedom that says, I'm good with God, I'm good with myself, uh, God loves me, I love myself, but yeah, I wanna improve here, and so let's go, you know? Yeah, even when he called the disciples, right? Like he came to the fishermen and he said, drop your nets and follow me, I'll mm-hmm. make you fishers of men. He didn't say, but get a degree, right. have an Instagram body, like <laughs> how many followers do you have on your social media, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yep. You're enough right now to be called by God. And that's a good spot to be, to be able to make a healthy commitment going forward. That's not this big burden that could lead to failure and, and more negativity toward ourselves but the freedom to say, hey, I am good, but I would like to take one next step here. Um, I did read something this week, uh, kind of preparing for this conversation. Um, It was a woman who was tired of kind of the rat race, um, particularly with with regarding uh, exercising. She would put these lofty goals and she would fail every time and she'd get discouraged. And so instead of setting another exercise goal, she said, I'm gonna fall in love with walking. And so it was more of a, not, not even a, a number of miles per week, nothing really tangible, but just I'm gonna love. A state of mind. A state of mind, yeah. That might be something to consider as you think of 2022, is there maybe more of a state of mind that could shift and, and how we can do that. Yeah. Today we're gonna talk about time because that's one of the big, um, you know, I guess subjects we're faced with every new year. We, we measure time in, in years and months and weeks and days and seconds. And, and, uh, but when the clock ticks over to a brand new year, it's a time for us to evaluate what time is and how we engage time and how we use time. And what we hear a lot, and I've heard it multiple times today, is time flies. I can't believe it's 2022 already. Um, You know, we've even talked about when our kids get older, it's like, where did that go? You know, where did all these years go? And, you know, I, I just, I feel like, you know, yesterday our kids were young and playing in the house and now married and graduating college this year. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's wild, right? Um, we don't want time to fly by, I don't think. Right. If time is flying by, it means we're losing the treasure of the moment. And uh, you know, sometimes when you're you know, enjoying something, you want it to last, you want it to linger. And so we want to enjoy life and we want it to linger. Yet there's some things that we do that kind of rob us of the pleasure of the moment and life is just whizzing by. And one of them is, is busyness, just being busy. You know, We just celebrate busyness all the time. So how can we sort of decouple ourselves from needing to be busy and calm down a little bit. Yeah, so there's a professor by the name of Lori Santos. She has a great podcast if you're interested. It's called The Happiness Lab. And she studied happiness and actually taught a course on it at Yale where it ended up being like the most popular course of their students over like 30 years. And what she found in her research is that we often do think the more achievements we have, the more accolades we receive, 
um, just kind of, you know, new task and new busyness and new goals that the happier we'll become. More money, better degrees, you know, like better vacations, whatever it is. But what they actually found is that is actually more likely to lead to depression and stress. So what actually leads to more happiness and fulfillment is being present in the moment okay. and expressing regular contentment and gratitude for the here and now, even if you're going through a tough time. Yeah. You know what I'm... So how do we do that? How do we get to a point uh, going from busyness and frantic and hectic life to something that's more in the moment. What are a couple of tools that we right, can? Right, a couple of little tips and tools. Yeah. Well, first, you know, I think it's a state of mind, you know, remembering that we want to be present in things and be gracious and have gratitude even in our most stressful times. And I think that's something you can do as partners if you're married, you know, to really remind each other. And my husband and I are always reminding each other, like, let's live in the moment. Let's, like, stop worrying about all the tasks yeah. and the stress. Um, so it's that state of mind. I, it reminds me of, you know, Mary and Martha right. in the yeah. book of Luke, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like Martha is so focused on the tasks of preparing to have Christ in the home. And Mary is sitting in the moment and soaking it in and just reveling in being in the presence of, um, of Jesus. And so it's just that state of mind that I think we need to kind of try to emulate Mary, yeah. you know, to be in the moment. And that state of mind can, uh, can play out in just some daily habits, just being still, like you right. said, with your, with your spouse maybe or your family, just reminding each other, that let's just enjoy right now. Right. Uh, it could also be just kind of getting our schedule a little bit less busy, right? Yeah, getting margin busy. in our life as well. Yeah. I brought one last tip. Yeah. It is something that you can use because some of that busyness and stress, it, it, it gets you into a state of kind of worry. And so it's actually from a woman by the name of Tara Bach. It's called RAIN, and it's a little acronym you can just remember. So RAIN is when you feel like the stress and the worry is just raining down on you, you first in that R recognize it. Just kind of like, I need to just take, take a pause, right? And the next is to really allow it. I think a lot of times we, ha we need to have some self-compassion. Like, I'm a human being being human. It's okay. <laughs> right. It's okay that I'm stressed or anxious, um, but I just want to allow that in my life. And, and, and that's, a, that's a big deal because yeah. uh, a lot of times, I think particularly in, in religious or church settings as well, it's like, if I'm stressed or anxious, that's wrong. Something's wrong with enough, me. I'm not spiritual. Right? I'm not, not trusting enough. God. Right. right. And, but we're human beings and we're experiencing human emotions. And some of those emotions are coming probably from some very real things that either are happening or have happened. And so to allow us to feel those stresses at times is perfectly normal and even healthy. Right, so allowing God to give me the data that I need from those emotions. And then we, the I is to investigate, like why am I feeling this? Where am I feeling it in the body? And the last part, is to nurture, that's the N. And I tell people often, if you actually take your hand and put just slight pressure on your heart, we know it kind of brings you down into the parasympathetic system, which is where you're more relaxed. And at that time, kind of saying like, hey, let's take a second and it's okay. It's okay that I'm stressed out. And this is where I like to invite God in, like God, I need you now, right? <laughs> it's raining and uh, there's a storm and I need you. <laughs> That's cool. And he always shows up. 
Absolutely, and, and that, he shows up because, because we are aware that he's there, and sometimes when the brain gets sort of foggy or fast because we're busy or because we're anxious, we're so filled with the, the data that is circling in our heads and life is flying by and time is flying by, when we just allow that to be calm because we're less busy or because we go through exercises like that, about being in the present, recognizing why we're feeling what we're feeling, this kind of calms down and says, oh, well, God's been there the whole time. I just now recognize it. And I've given space in my head and in my heart to, to, to know that and to feel that. So. Exactly. Thank you, Elaine. I appreciate right. it very much. So much. Happy New Year. And uh, I hope that 2022 is great for you and the family. All right. So today we're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about the nature of time. We're going to talk about how to treasure time because there is really nothing more valuable than time. Nothing is more valuable than time. Yet we don't spend a lot of time thinking about time. We spend a lot of time maybe thinking about money, right? Which is important. And about this time every year, my wife and I get our budgets together. We certainly uh, overspend every Christmas. It's just the standard in the Treadway House. So it's like, okay, now we gotta get together. We gotta recover and reevaluate the budget and make some commitments. And we're you know, planning for retirement and our vacations and things like that, right? This is a lot of planning when it comes to budget. But maybe time is more important than money. So if you ask somebody who doesn't have very much time left, would they want a little more money or a little more time? Guess what they're gonna pick? Time is very important, yet we don't spend a lot of time talking about time. And so I think at the beginning of this year, it's important for us to say, okay, let's treasure time. So the first week in our Ready or Not series is are you ready to truly treasure time? to consider it the most valuable resource you have. So first let's talk about what time is. What is time? Now I'm gonna get a little philosophical here. Um, some of you might geek out on this, others of you are gonna you know, go to sleep here for two minutes, but what is time? What's the nature of time? So we know the three dimensions of space, right? Length, width, height. We are in a building that is three-dimensional. We live in a universe that is three-dimensional. So some people consider time to be a fourth non-spatial dimension. We live in the three dimensions of space. So just imagine the cosmos being a ball that's expanding, right? Is that moving along a fourth non-spatial dimension called time? You know, that can never go back. It always goes forward. Is that the nature of time? Some people call our universe a block universe. So it's just here. This expanding universe is just here. And, and the observers, like you and I, experience time in increments within that block, right? Lots have been, has been written about that. Uh, Einstein postulated that time is actually a physical thing. Almost like the three dimensions of, of space, time is a physical thing impacted most or a lot by gravity itself. He had a lot of you know, formulas about that, as you can imagine. I don't understand any of it, but apparently a lot of those have proven to be uh, true, that time could very well be a physical thing sort of enmeshed in gravity. Um, or maybe time is a construct of the matrix, a machine-generated simulation that we all live in. That is a joke. <laughs> I am right now halfway through Matrix Resurrections and moderately interested. But uh, there's a lot of thinking about time, right? And it is kind of interesting. You watch a movie like The Matrix or any time travel movie, and you just sort of wonder, what is time about? What is the nature of time? What is the fabric of time? But what we do know about time, and this is, this is truly what we know about time, both from a, a physics and cosmological perspective and a biblical perspective, is that time had a beginning. Time had a starting point. 
physics, cosmology understands that. In fact, in the 1990s, uh, through the Hubble telescope, uh, it was determined that this cosmos came from a single point 13.7 billion years ago. Not only did space begin, but time itself began. And I can't wait to see what the James Webb Space uh, Telescope um, reveals as well. But that was really fun to discover and to solidify in the 1990s. But God's word took care of that in the very first phrase of the Bible. What is the very first phrase of the Bible? In the what? Beginning. Very first phrase of the Bible declares that God created time. Now, that's not something that humankind has always understood. There was this thought that, well, maybe time has, all, has always been. Here's a logical problem with that, and some of you will, will uh, you know, really be interested in this, but it, it's not actually possible for eternity to be in the past. It's not possible. Because if there was an eternity past, we would say an eternity has already happened. That's illogical. Time has to have had a beginning. The first phrase of the Bible says there was a beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Hubble telescope uh, has determined there was, in fact, a beginning, not to just the three dimensions of space, but time itself. All right, I think that's pretty fun. Now, how do we experience time? We experience time as we live life in our three dimensions. So we have senses, right? We have senses. Um, for those of us who are kind of my age-ish and older, uh, we uh, were taught that we have five senses, right? We have sight and uh, sound, hearing. Uh, we have touch, taste, and smell. These are the five senses. Um, there's a lot of thinking right now that we have up to nine senses, including spatial awareness and balance and all kinds of stuff. So again, it's all very interesting, but we have these senses. Our bodies sense the cosmos around us. And so time is experienced as our five to nine senses are stimulated by the cosmos around us. That's what we perceive as the present. Our brains are supercomputers. The three pounds of jelly within our craniums, these three pounds of jelly are more powerful than the world's most powerful supercomputers. These brains perceive the data that comes in through our senses when that data is being inputted in our brains, that's what we perceive as the present. The brain then stores that data, that's what we perceive as the past, all right? So that's how we experience time. We take in data from the cosmos around us, that's the present. We store that data in our brains, that's what we perceive as the past. Here's a couple things about time that I think are interesting for us. One of them is obvious. We have limited time. We have limited time. We know that, we just don't like to think about it, right? We would like to live our lives as though it's not coming to an end, but we have limited time, and it is healthier to just know that. It's healthier to know that, because if we know that, if we are aware of our own mortality, and we are aware that this time that we have is limited, we will treasure it more. The reason why you treasure money is because you know it's in limited supply. Some of us more limited than others, right? You know you only have so much money, and because it is in limited supply, we treasure the money that we have because it's not forever. This life is not forever. This life will come to an end. And so this life should be treasured. Every moment of this life should be treasured because it is limited. Now we know through the teaching of Jesus that there is the promise of eternal life. And it is a, it is a promise in the Bible that is very clear. We don't know a lot about that in the Bible, but we do know it's a promise. 
but the vast, vast, vast majority of the word of God focuses on this life, how we live this life and how we treasure the time we have in this life because it is limited. Here's a thing, another thing that I think is important. We are in control of how we perceive and experience time. We're in total control of that. Sometimes we don't live our lives as though we're in control of time and how we perceive it, but we absolutely are. Our brains have the capacity to decide how we perceive and experience time. We have the capacity to make decisions in our lives that will determine whether life just passes us by in a blur or whether it can slow down and we can treasure the moments of life and treasure the relationships of life. We are in total control of how we perceive and experience time. You're in total control of your experience of time. It's just about putting in the practices and the habits to slow this thing down, to really treasure every single moment of every single day, to treasure the people around us, the relationships around us and our relationship with God. You are in control of whether time is gonna just fly by or if time is gonna slow down. You're in control of that. We're gonna talk about how to do that today. You're in control of whether time is just gonna happen to you or if time is gonna be treasured and enjoyed by you. You are in control. So are you ready for this or not? Are you ready or not? Are you ready to slow the heck down? Are you ready to slow the heck down? I thought about, you know, slow the frick down, but I didn't want to cuss in church. Are you ready to slow the heck down? That is one of the key parts of treasuring life and treasuring time and valuing every single moment of every day is to slow the heck down. Down, And I'm telling you, it is so hard to do in Los Estados Unidos because we just love busyness. We treasure busyness. I mean, when has anybody said, you know what? I am just enjoying life and it's such peace right now. I mean, if you ask somebody how they're doing, are they gonna say, oh, I'm good. Margins are good. I have, I've got plenty of time for rest. I've got plenty of time for relaxation. I have plenty of time to just chill out. Does anybody ever say that in this nation? No because we value being busy. We value being productive. As Elaine said earlier, that's almost how we define our self-worth. Oh, I'm doing so many things. It's almost like we're saying, well, so many people rely on me, so I must be very important. And if I'm important, that means I'm of worth. And if I'm of worth, I'm gonna feel good about myself. And oftentimes we really you know, link our personal work, worth with how busy we are. And we've just gotta say enough is enough is enough right? We can decide to go hundred miles an hour and miss out on the enjoyment of the present time and the people around us. I love how King Solomon puts it in Ecclesiastes three. He talks about time a lot and how he perceives time and the lessons he's, he's learned as a very busy king who, by the way, did a lot. I mean, this king was expanding the borders of Israel. He was making countless trade deals. He had 700 wives and 300 mistresses. Yeah, busy guy. A lot going on. Um, and at the end of his life, he writes Ecclesiastes. I, by the way, I wouldn't recommend that. At the end of his life, he writes Ecclesiastes. And listen to what he says. This is sort of his, his lessons learned. God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Isn't that really cool? God has made everything beautiful for its own time. In other words, right now is beautiful. God has made right now beautiful. 
And so as Solomon was, you know, literally building an empire, right? And he was very busy and he made a lot of mistakes in his life and he, and he had a lot of regrets in life. He said, you know, the lesson I've learned is that this moment right here, right now, God has made beautiful in this time. He's planted eternity in the human heart, but even so people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I love this because he's basically admitting we're human beings. We don't have it all figured out. We can't even decide what time is. I mean, the world's scientists, um, uh, uh, physics professors, philosophers, religious leaders, poets can't figure out what time even is. And so we certainly don't know all that God knows. And, and sometimes that could be overwhelming to think, okay, well, what does this all mean? And why do things happen? And what's the big picture plan? King Solomon says, I don't have to know that. I don't have to know any of it. I can simply enjoy today. I can enjoy this beautiful moment right here and right now. Right here and right now. He goes on to say this. So I concluded that there is nothing better in life than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. Enjoy this moment with the time that we have left. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are gifts of God. Now, there's a lot of debate about whether King Solomon was right or wrong here, because in Ecclesiastes, he's wrong a lot. Ecclesiastes is basically his life and diary from a man who made a lot of mistakes. So when he says all of life is meaningless, he got that wrong. That's not consistent with the teaching of scripture or the teaching of Jesus. But when he says, you know what? Maybe it is important to enjoy the beauty of this moment right here, right now. Maybe it is important to, as the cliche goes, eat, drink, and be merry it's okay to be happy right now. Even if things around us are not happy circumstances, we can choose right here, right now to slow the heck down, take in this moment, be grateful for what we have, be grateful for the good things we have, eat, drink, and be merry. This is a good moment. This is a beautiful moment. I had to learn that lesson uh, in the late 90s, leading into the year 2000. My life was a thousand miles an hour. Full-time pastor here at Rancho. Uh, I owned a media company that had about 12, 1300 clients. I was building custom houses. It was utterly ridiculous. I was married with three kids in diapers and I was losing control, totally losing control. Every day was this marginless experience. It was seven days a week, roughly 15 hours a day out of control. Uh, my wife was tolerating some stuff, but she was getting to the end. And so I told her uh, one day in our driveway, I've got to fix this. I am out of control. I have to slow the frick down. Might not have said frick. And I had to reorganize everything. I had to sell this. I had to move this. I had to, I mean, I had to stop. I, so many things I had to just say no to. Things that I actually liked. Things that I was kind of good at. I had to say no to because I had to survive as a person. I had to survive as a family. And I had to put my life limited time into people that are important, my wife and my kids. And so for 20 years, I've now lived in this healthy weekly rhythm that I am not planning on giving up. That means I do have to create margin. I do have to say no. I have to keep in mind this life has to stay slow. Psalm 90:12 says, teach us to realize the brevity of life. If we're not aware of the brevity of life, how short it is, we're not gonna value it we're not gonna value it. We can only grow in wisdom when we realize how short this life is. 
and treasure every moment. So are you ready to slow the heck down? Lastly, are you ready to calm the heck down? These are the two things that cause life to just fly by. If we're busy, life flies by. If we're stressed, life flies by. We have to slow the heck down and calm the heck down. What is worry? Worry and stress is an art. It is about creating in our minds the worst possible things that could happen in the future. It takes a lot of work. It burns a lot of energy. It is really creative work to create all these scenarios out there about everything that could possibly go wrong in the future. And our brain swirls with this stuff. It swirls with it. Now, some of this is normal and natural. Elaine mentioned this earlier, that our brains have to be wired to fear bad things in order for us to make good decisions, right? Um, We have to fear gravity to avoid jumping off a bridge, right? (laughs) There's just things... Normal, basic human functions need a little bit of fear to keep us you know, doing right, good, healthy things. But the problem is when that gets out of control and we start worrying about every little thing. What does this person think? What is this gonna happen? Every little ache is all, all of a sudden the worst case diagnosis, right? Everything starts spinning. And as this brain is spinning, we have no room to enjoy the present moment because we're too worried about fearing the future moments. We've got to calm the heck down. Now, for those of you who really struggle with chronic anxieties and your brain cannot stop. You know, that actually could be an illness that you need very professional help with, either through psychologists like Elaine in Safe Harbor or a medical doctor. So there are some some illnesses that have to do with anxiety. Get some help. There's a lot of help available. But for a lot of us, it's really just a matter of making the decisions to calm the heck down, to slow our minds down. And the tools that Elaine gave earlier, that RAIN tool is very, very key. Just to give yourself some moments, be aware of what's going on, do a little bit of self-talk and investigation, let God's presence and let God's peace just kind of soak in the given moment and, and calm your brain down. And when you calm your brain down and worry can turn to peace, time itself will slow down. You'll be able to enjoy the present, enjoy the reality of what's around you. Jesus spoke a lot about this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 27. He says rhetorically, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The answer is an obvious no. We can worry about all the worst case possibilities. We can worry about what people are thinking of us. We're gonna worry about tomorrow. What if this doesn't work out? What if that doesn't work out? We can worry, worry, worry. Our brains are then filled with potential disasters in the future, so we're not enjoying the wonderful beauty of today. And Jesus says, does it do anything positive in your life to worry? Does it add anything to your life when you worry? And the answer is an obvious no. It's an obvious no, but it's not real obvious how we stop worrying, or at least calm it down a little bit. So Jesus has has some help for us. He goes on to say to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God, seek the presence of God, seek goodness in the world and live virtuously. We can control that. We can control how we live. We can control living a good life, being a good person, living a life of love and compassion and mercy. We can control all of that stuff, right? And that way we can control the experience of life and the experience of time by calming our brains down, worrying less about the future and focusing more on who I am and how I live right here and right now. How can I love better right now? 
How can I love the people around me right now? How can I make someone's day right now? That slows time down. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. If there's something that happens tomorrow, we will deal with it tomorrow. But let's not create disasters in our heads that will likely not happen tomorrow. I think it was Mark Twain who said something like this. He said something on the order of, I have experienced some truly terrible things in life, some of which have actually happened. Some terrible things we worry about, some happen. Life's not always gonna go great. Some terrible things will actually happen in life. That's just the way it goes. But what good is it to worry about the possible disasters when if a disaster happens tomorrow, we'll just deal with it then. Now that's easier said than done. Uh, There's obviously a very famous, very wonderful cartoon from Disney called The Lion King. Handles this pretty well, right? Uh, You have got uh, Simba, this young lion, uh, you know, prince, soon to become a king, and he's stressed out about all the responsibilities of becoming a king and and to kind of walk in his father's uh, footsteps. And so he's stressed, stressed, stressed. Uh, He meets Timon and Pumbaa, who have this philosophy called what? Hakuna Matata, you got it, (laughs) right? Say, let's just live the day. Let's all sing this together. Hakuna Matata, ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Keep going. It's our problem-free philosophy, Kuna <laughs> Matata. You got it, right? We know that more than we know scripture. It's, <laughs> it's great. That's what songs do, right? Now, this doesn't mean we don't care. And this is, if you live in a family situation where, let's say, one spouse is super stressed and the other is super chill, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> If one spouse is super stressed and one spouse is super chill, basically it's kind of the worst case scenario here because someone's super stressed about everything, someone's super chill, the stressed one says to the chill one, you don't care. And, and you can reverse that and to say, okay, the chill one is just you know, trying to live life and whatever and, and really looking at the one who's stressed saying, you're robbing us of joy in the moment, right? So it's this really interesting dynamic. Uh, that could take place in a house. So finding that you know, sense where you can say, all right, if you're a little bit more high-strung, you're a little bit stressed, we can say, hey, listen, you're probably going to make some good decisions for this family because you're thinking ahead a little bit more. So we can kind of say, all right, some of that's good. And for some who are more chill, we can say, okay, well, that's good too because you're bringing peace and calmness and, and, and we can actually enjoy the day. Actually enjoy the day. Here's the takeaway. Slow the heck down. Calm the heck down. Decide right here and right now to make a couple of changes. To put some things into your life that can cause time to slow down, which means your experience is you're gonna live longer because life isn't just flying by. Calming down, slowing down will mean time travels slower in your experience. You'll enjoy the now. You'll enjoy more of the people around you. You'll enjoy your work better, right? Slow down. What that could mean, I would encourage you to do this starting tomorrow morning. Whatever your alarm is set for, go 10 minutes earlier, get that cup of coffee or tea or whatever nonsense you drink. For me, it's lots of caffeine in the coffee. Find a quiet place to sit. 
Maybe low lighting so there's no, you know, big stimuli. Don't listen to music. Just for 10 minutes, sit with your cup of coffee and just think. Think about that moment. For me, it's a good time to just sit and to recognize that God is there and to just enjoy that. God's right here. Sometimes I know he's there. Sometimes my head is too full of stuff to recognize it. But for 10 minutes every single morning, I'm gonna recognize God is there. I'm gonna thank him for that moment. I'm gonna thank him for the day. I get another day to live life, to thank him for the people that I get to live life with, to thank him even for the challenges that I get to engage in and maybe help to solve, to think about the day ahead. Who do I get to spend this day with? Who am I gonna eat breakfast with? Who am I gonna engage with at work? Is there a family dinner tonight? Am I gonna be with some friends? Are we gonna go to an event? What is happening today? And for 10 minutes in the morning to think through the day and just to pray, God, would you allow me to make the lives of others a little bit brighter this day? I guarantee you, you add that 10 minutes to every single day, your brain will slow down, your life will calm the heck down, you will absolutely become less busy in your head and time will go by slower. Not torturously slow, but enjoying the world around you, enjoying the people around you, living longer by slowing it down. You ready for that? Let's pray. God, even in this very moment, right here and right now, as our brains are inputting the data from our senses and cataloging this moment, we are living in the present, our brains are cataloging a past, and we have some decisions to make. Is life gonna keep flying by because we're too busy? Is life gonna keep flying by because we're too anxious and worried? Or are we gonna slow down and calm down and slow down life to the point where we can enjoy it more, enjoy you more, enjoy our families more, the people around us, enjoy our work more? to live a life of meaning and purpose, not because we're busy, but because we are uh, living in the present, living in the now. So God, we thank you for being here. You're always here with us. Sometimes we recognize it and sometimes we don't, but right here and right now, we give a little bit of space in our, in our brains to thank you that you're here, to thank you that this very day can be enjoyed, that this very moment, this service with each other can be experienced to allow us to, to slow down and calm down, to enjoy you and the family around us and this very precious life that you gave us where every moment is a treasure. Every moment can be a pleasure. We embrace that journey in Christ's name we pray. Amen.